Gracious God, how we thank you for your word. And at this point, like the song, we say, speak to our hearts. Give us your word, your wisdom. Speak, Lord. For we need to hear a word from you. And we pray that you would indeed give us courage to confront, clarity in conversation, and confidence in your content, and help us to make a connection with your congregation. We pray that your word would be plain, that it would be practical and palatable, as well as portable. We need to hear from you so we'll know what to do. In the strong and perfect name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In 1918, a pandemic broke out. It was caused by an H1N1 virus. This virus, called the Spanish flu, was the deadliest pandemic of the 20th century. The spread was worldwide during 1918 through 1920. And an estimate 500 million people or one third of the world's population became infected with this virus. The number of deaths were estimated to be at least 50 million worldwide. And in the United States, around 675,000. With no vaccine to protect against influential uh, infection and no antibiotics to treat secondary bacteria infections, control efforts worldwide were limited to non-pharmaceutical inventions such as isolation, quarantine, personal hygiene, use of disinfectants, and limitation of public gatherings. Hey, this sounds like the same measures being asked to follow during this COVID pandemic. Uh, this pandemic has affected us all, some more than others. Uh, for many, 2020 has been the year we would like to forget with some businesses closing, lost loved ones, employment eliminated, eviction notice posted, virtual learning not working for students, domestic violence increasing, healthcare workers overwhelmed, limitation of public gatherings, you can't go anywhere without a mask. And some patients are dying alone in the hospital. COVID-positive individuals isolated from families and friends. Y'all, the list goes on. That's not to mention the other issues we're dealing with before and even during COVID. Diseases, disappointment, depression, divorce, and even death. You're not feeling the Christmas song my mother played in the cafe when I was a boy. You may have heard the song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. 
Jack Frost nipping at your nose, Yuletide carols being sung by a choir, and folks drip dressed like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and a mistletoe will help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it's hard to sleep tonight. You're not feeling that saying, I'm offering the simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. You're not feeling merry in Christmas. You identify with Ty Trivet. It's not, it's so hard, that is, just trying to figure it out. Fighting doubt. Trying to believe God, trying to watch the words out of my mouth and to stay on the route. Well, if that's how you are feeling, there is a way to bring back Mary to your Christmas. But it's not found in Santa, shopping, or Syrah, that's spirits alcohol, uh, trickets or toys, but it's found in the truth of God's word about Christmas. The thrill of hope is revealed through the voices of Christmas. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1 and beginning at verse 11. Uh, reading from, you know, my favorite translation right now, the Passion Translation, it says these words. All at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear. But the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. For I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. You will call him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him. He will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will drink no wine and no strong drinks, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even while still in his mother's womb. And he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be an instrument in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to the children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who will be ready for the Lord appearing. Verse 18 says these words, Zechariah asked the angel, 
How do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a son. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? The angel said, <laughs> I'm Gabriel. I stand beside God himself. What other sign do you need in essence? He sent me to announce to you this good news. But now, since you did not believe my words, you will be stricken with silence and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled. At that appointed time, and a child is born, then you will speak. And that's the sign you will find. This is the voice. He says, good news. I bring you good news. This is the voice of confirmation. And I want to borrow from the anthem of this generation uh, and tag this text with the thought, we going to be all right. Because he says, I've come to bring good news to you. And that good news is going to cause you and I and these people, Zachariah, you, myself, to be <laughs> all right. <clears throat> it was Kendrick Lamar, 2015 album uh, called uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, was a Grammy Award winning masterpiece. Uh, but more than an album, uh, it features a single that went on to become the anthem of the modern social justice movement. That song, All Right, uh, it sagaciously, the choir become, became a rallying cry, cry uh, of protesters, a kind of comfort that people of color and other oppressed community desperately needed, and that is hope, uh, the feeling of tension. And despite the tension, and as the tension continues to grow, he says, in the long run, with God on our side, we going to be all right. Y'all, in a real sense, that's what Christmas helped us to understand, that we are going to be all right because God is still in control. He makes things work. Uh, and his promises, he makes his promises to be good, and he is good on his promises, but it's in his timing, and he will make, did I say he will? He will make everything all right. God may not come when you want him, but he comes in his timing, and he makes everything all right. We see this commonly in this text. We see, first of all, the assignment. That's verses 8 and 10. Then we see the angel, verses 11 and 13 and to 19. And then last we see the announcement, uh, the assignment. In verse 5, we're introduced to a Jewish priest named Zechariah, along with his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, Zach is of the priestly order of Abijah. Uh, this uh, these priests were divided into 24 separate groups, and each group served in the temple twice a year. Uh, this couple, 
Zechariah and Elizabeth is characterized as being righteous. Uh, but Zach and Leah did not merely just go through the motions in following God's law. Uh, they backed up their outward compliance with an inward obedience. Unlike the religious leaders uh, whom Jesus called hypocrite, Zach and Liz did not just stop with the letter of the law. Uh, their obedience was from the heart, and that is why they are called righteous in God's eyes. But however, there was a major problem, a major problem with this righteous couple. Elizabeth was barren, unable to have children, childless, uh, and childlessness carried uh, a reproach in this culture where blessings were tied to birthrights and family lines. Barrenness uh, was a sign of divine disfavor and disgrace. It carried a social stigma that was humiliating. And for years, Zach and Liz prayed for a child but it seemed as though their prayers fell on deaf ears. Yet, Zach continues to be faithful. Elizabeth still continues to be faithful and to follow God despite the prayer not being answered. In verse 8, we see Zach still serving God, uh, although his petition <laughs> has not been granted. Uh, this text begs the question, can you and I serve God, love God, and obey God when our request has not been granted? Uh, when that position or promotion is not granted, will you still serve him? When the sickness is stagnated, when your, un your, your employment is exhausted and unemployment has been used up, uh, can you still follow God? Can you come to church, whether in person or virtual? Uh, Zach? kept coming to church and serving God in the temple. And during this time, uh, the nation of Israel are going through a tough time. They are wondering if the promise of the Messiah will ever come. Uh, it's been 400 years since they heard from God. No vision of an angel for 500 years. And this prophecy is over 800 years. Yet, Zach still recognized that God is still gracious to him. And so, while they were in the temple, while he was serving, uh, the custom of the priest was to cast lots to see who would enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. This day, the lot fell on Zach. This was not by luck or by chance, but by divine providence. Uh, it was by divine presence. And it was once in a lifetime experience. Uh, many prophets, uh, many priests did not experience burning incense before God. And Zach no doubt regarded this as the high honor, the highlight of his life, the supreme moment in a lifetime of priestly service. And so the incense, the prophets, uh, the priests, that is, they burn incense. And as they burn incense, it was a perpetual thing that was done in the front of the veil. And it divided the holy place from the most holy place. It was done twice a day uh, while the rest of the priests and the worshipers stood outside of the holy place in prayer. That's the assignment. But then 
the angels, verses 11 through 13, y'all, it happened that while Zach was serving in the temple, maybe toward the end of his responsibility, an angel appeared. God often speaks to his people and calls them while they are doing their daily tasks, not when they're sitting down doing nothing. Uh, both Moses and David uh, were carrying, uh, caring for the sheep. Gideon was thrashing wheat. Peter and his partners were mending their nets when Jesus called them. When we get busy, God starts to direct us. And watch this. For him, God broke his silence and the angel appeared. Remember, they have not heard from God for over 400 years. And here comes the angel to break his silence. And he breaks his silence while he's doing his assignment. An angel shows up suddenly in physical form, standing to the right of the altar. Zach's reaction was not that of joy. No, sir, he was troubled. The Greek suggests startled, gripped by fear, terrified. And therefore, the first words out of the mouth of the angel were, don't be afraid. He said the same thing to Mary in verse 30 of this chapter. Uh, he issues a command to stop being afraid. Uh, the angel was not coming for divine punishment, but he was coming to share a divine promise. Good news. God did not just send any angel to convey this truth. Verse 19 said that the angel revealed himself. I am Gabriel, meaning the man of God. I stand in the very presence of God. And in the Jewish tradition, this, the guardian, he was the guardian of the sacred treasure. Uh, two angels are mentioned in the Bible by name. One is Michael, uh, considered the, the destroyer, uh, the champion of God against evil, uh, the minister of wrath. Uh, he's considered the forerunner of Jehovah the judge. And then there is Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel is considered the messenger of peace and restoration, uh, the forerunner of Jehovah the Savior. And so it is a sign from God that he brings to us peace that will, tr uh, that will calm our troubled soul. He brings to us restoration so that we can be uh our relationships can be brought back and reconciled back together. But it is first to God, and then it's with others. Uh, so Christmas time. Christmas time is a time to remember that God broke his silence to reconnect and meet our needs. It may be a long time since you have had an encounter with God. But know this, that God visits us in our circumstances. God knows your location and your situation. In fact, he has been holding you, sustaining you even until this moment. He provides words of promise and hope to get you through it, even when we have given up on God. Y'all, God has not given up on us. So Zach, was so important to God that God sent a special messenger to tell Zach the good news. Y'all, I'm not Gabriel, but I am a special messenger sent to tell you some good news and to let you know that we going to be all right. 
I see the assignment in this text. I also see the angel in this text, but I also see the announcement in this text. Listen to what Gabriel says. The announcement, Zach, God has heard your prayer. That's shouting down right there. You had a chat. They put that in the chat. That God has heard my prayer. What? Before Zach can contemplate on which prayer Gabriel was referring to, Gabriel said, God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to a son, and you are to call his name John, which means God is gracious. Gabriel said in verse 19, I have been in the very presence of God. God sent me to bring you this good news, give you the words of confirmation. Zach and Liz thought that God had denied their petition, but God had just delayed it for his plan and his purpose. Uh, the Greek uh, suggests here that their prayer had not been only heard, but it had been granted. Uh, this was a prayer that they had prayed, but then it was so uh, that because they had not gotten the answer, the text kind of gives the idea that they stopped praying, that they no longer offer this prayer to God anymore. And what God was saying is, I heard the prayer way back then, but I was waiting on when I was going to answer the prayer. Uh, he says, Elizabeth was well past childbearing. So Zach is saying, wait, I've been praying about this, but I stopped praying because she can't have no child anymore. I'm not able to have any child. So we just stopped praying. Uh, and the fact that, hey, now we're between 70 and 80 years old. Uh, we stop praying. Have there been some things that you stopped praying for, thinking that God had forgotten? Sometime, watch this, sometime God waits until things become more complicated before he intervenes to show us a portion of his power and to ensure he gets all, did I say all, all the credit, the prayer, the crisis, the condition, the concern, that you gave up on, you stopped praying about, have been heard. You missed your shout cue. It has been heard. God has heard your prayer. That's the message of Christmas, that God has heard our prayer. Uh, there may be some things that you have stopped praying about, but God has heard your prayer. Check out what Zach named me. What does it mean, Michael J? I'm glad you asked that question. God has remembered that's what Zechariah means. God has remembered. That means God has not forgotten your petition, your prayer. God has not forgotten what he promised. Could God be holding your answered prayer to do something more abundantly above all that we can ask or think? When Zach was told he would have a son, he looked at his human circumstances and doubted Gabriel. You would think that the presence of an angel and the announcement of God's word would encourage Zechariah faith, but they did not. Instead of looking to God by faith, Zach looked at himself and his wife. That is, they were old and he decided that the birth of a son was impossible. 
He wanted an assurance beyond the plain words of Gabriel, God's messenger. Zach was really questioning God's ability to fulfill his own word. Did he think that his physical limitation would hinder Almighty God? Hold on, hold on. Before you can criticize Zach, examine yourself. Your situation gets worse uh, before it gets better, and you start singing, starting like the song, wondering how you're going to pay your rent. All your money spent, a little bit to buy some food, and baby need a pair of shoes. Say you got a light bill due, and you got a gas bill too. Then somebody else, the telephone has been disconnected, and you're waiting for your next paycheck. But the good news is that God has heard your prayer, and God can work it out. His doubts are understandable. But with God, anything is possible. God accomplishes his will often in unexpected ways. Physical limitations don't limit God. What God promises, he delivers. And God delivers on time, his time. Gabriel said to Zach, you will have a son. You will have great joy and uh, delight. Many will rejoice. John will be a great and distinguished in the sight of God. Your son will be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. Y'all, that's good news. John will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord. He will be the forerunner of the Messiah. That's why God waited on his blessing. God had a bigger plan, a bigger purpose for the son. And could it be that God has held your prayer because he has something bigger and better for you? Well, Christmas helps us to understand that God remembers us. God hears our prayers and God comes to our rescue and God does something bigger than what we can ask or think. All the promises of God comes to fruition, uh, but it was at God's timing and not that. Christmas represents the end of another pandemic that affected us. Uh, the virus of sin that separated us from God. All of the professions uh, got together to get rid of sin, but no, to no avail. Uh, the rich man uh, tried to buy it out. The dentist tried to extract it out. Phlebotomist tried to draw it out. HR tried to evaluate it. CSI investigated it. Uh, mathematicians calculated Lawyers tried to adjudicate it. Even surgeons tried to separate us from sin. Pharmacists tried to medicate it. Demolition crew tried to eliminate it. The CDC tried to isolate sin. And even Satan tried to reinstate sin. But it was Jesus who came to eradicate sin. And with the vaccine of his blood, Christmas reminds us that God can handle our greatest pandemic, which is sin, and he can handle whatever our latest problem is. It is the voice of confirmation. So you can have complete confidence that God will keep his promise. There his, he will fulfill no matter what he has promised us. He is the one that helps us understand. So uh, that fulfillment, his fulfillment may not be 
tomorrow or the next day. But at the proper time, if you are waiting for God to answer some request or to feel some need, remain patient. No matter how impossible God's promises may seem, what he said in his word will come true at the right time. Our joy can be renewed and rekindled for God has remembered. And y'all, the good news is that no matter what you're going through, we are going to be all right because we got a God who has sent his son. He gives us the voices of confirmation to say, I have heard your prayer. Let's pray. Gracious God, how we thank you for your word. We pray that we will listen to the angel who says, God has heard your prayer. We pray that we would understand that the assignment that you've given us, that we would continue, even when we don't get what we have prayed for, to still be faithful and to follow you. And to know that whatever you promise, even if we stop praying about it, you still remember and you will answer our prayer. In fact, sometimes you will send a messenger to tell us that you've heard our prayer and to tell us the good news and then help us to understand the announcement that you have heard our prayers and that you have granted our requests. This helps us to rekindle Christmas in terms of no matter what has gone on in our lives, that you are still with us. Plant these truths deep down in our hearts. Help us be better on tomorrow for being under the authority of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.